This is a Rooster Teeth production. I got these glasses because of a TV show that I liked. Uh, have you ever seen Halt and Catch Fire? Are we starting? There, this is the podcast. Okay. Well, first off, let me just say, good morning, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> and an anima to you, Jeff. I know that's not the name of our podcast officially, but it doesn't. you can't stop me from saying hello. No, no, no. I can't, I can't stop you. You ever watch Halt and Catch Fire? I didn't, but you and Bernie both told me desperately that I needed to watch it. It's a great show. I think it's only like three or four seasons. It's not very long at all. It was on uh, AMC. The show initially, it, this sounds like the nerdiest show ever, but it's like such a character-driven show that it doesn't matter like of all the nerdy stuff. The nerdy stuff just window dressing. Okay. It's all about the people. It's a very character-driven show. And the, sh- the first season of the show is about the personal computer revolution, and but it doesn't focus on Silicon Valley okay. and companies on the West Coast. It focuses on companies in Dallas and Austin. Really? So, yeah. Season First shot of season one starts in Austin. It starts like at a UT lecture hall, and then it continues up to Dallas. Because if you think about like, there were a lot of computer companies back then in the Texas area. Yeah, of course. If you think about Austin, you think about, you know, back then like Motorola. Texas Instruments. Right. These companies that were huge at the time. Yeah. That were all involved in the early computer revolution. Anyway, one of the main characters is a guy, a character named Joe McMillan. He's played by Lee Pace, who's a phenomenal actor. And uh, I think in the third or fourth season, he gets glasses like these. And my wife turned to me and was like, you need glasses like that. And she scoured the internet and found the glasses that he wore in the show and bought me those glasses. Now, do you think it's because your wife is super attracted to that dude and <laughs> she wanted she wants to dream bang him while it, she's sleeping with you? That's that's good company. Lee, Lee Pace is a good looking dude. No, yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'd be into him, sure. Anyway, it's a it's a fantastic show, and I think it. We hear a lot of stories about like the computer revolution, the internet revolution, and a lot of it focuses on California. Yeah. But this show I thought was was interesting because a lot of the Texas stuff gets forgotten. Yeah. And you know, of course, it's a fictitious company, and like it, it's like, but it's in the circles of companies that actually did exist and and events that actually did transpire. It's very dramatized, but like I said, it's very character focused. Okay. And, uh, I think it's a. It's a really, really good show. Okay. Yeah. You said it's on AMC? I think it's on Netflix. I think you can stream all the seasons uh, on Netflix. Okay. I think I that's think how I, have, I watched like, it. I was really, I'm really into, well, I was, I don't know if it's continuing, but I, I really liked uh, Killing Eve. So I think I had like uh, an a, yeah. AMC Plus or something. Well, to watch it. Killing Eve's on BBC America. But it plays on the AMC app. Uh, yeah. That doesn't make okay. any sense. <laughs> it, makes, it makes no sense. They have their own network. They have their own, they have their I own app. I watch it on the AMC app. No, no, I, I believe you. I'm just saying <laughs> from their sense and from their perspective, it makes no sense. Uh, well, yeah, but it aired on AMC on TV in America. Did you know it? It aired on BBC America. I'm pretty sure it aired on AMC. Dude, as well. I fucking watch Killing Eve. It airs on BBC America. Do you like Killing Eve? I love Killing Eve. It's a great show. <laughs> I've been talking about Killing Eve since season one. That's <laughs> that's a great show, and that's why I know it airs on BBC America. <laughs> that's the only reason I have BBC America in my favorites on my TV. It, it is it is BBC America. I know it is. There's no question about that. <laughs> It definitely to, airs on BBC America. Just trying to back you up, my man. Thank you. It's also on AMC. Say, again, like I said, I don't doubt that it's on AMC streaming, but it airs on TV on BBC America. Let me ask you this. First run new episodes. Let, when they air, it's on BBC America. Let me ask you this. Would you say Bob's Burgers runs on FXX because it shows reruns there? I don't know. It's a, it's a Fox show. I don't have AMC America. Let me ask you this. AMC America. Let me ask you this. <laughs> American Movie the, the, Channel the, America? That's BBC, a really weird name. I don't have BBC America. We Let have a podcast this. called Anma. Let me ask you this. Can I watch Halt and Catch Fire on BBC America? No. Yeah, then yeah. fuck off! <laughs> it's on Netflix. So I can and watch it both on AMC? On AMC, yeah. You can watch AMC. All right, thanks. I don't know if it's on the app. I know it's on Netflix. Oh, my God. This is good coffee. Yeah. Uh, today's Shoot. coffee is from uh, Hank's down the street from the studio because we got rained out, so we're recording in a studio. Which, by the way, Hank's is a fantastic place. Yeah. yeah big fan. It's uh, Yeah, it's really, really close to the studio. We're recording in the studio because we're rained out, even though it's not raining today. It's, Let, ra- it's raining right now. It's, it's not raining at all. It's drizzly. And no, it's yeah. cold and wet. No. We'd have to sit on a park bench. No. It would be cold it and rained, wet. It rained so, yesterday. No, it's raining today. Nope. It's raining and cold it and wet. Not. Because then we would be sitting on a park bench, and then you'd be going, I'm all wet. And then I, then also we have a recording equipment. So, but that we're not using. We are using it. We're using all it right, right now. We're using the mobile equipment. Like We're in a podcast recording studio that has 
a bank it's of recording so, equipment so we and can, we're not using it. We plugged in the mobile thing yeah. that we would be using if we were sitting yeah, out at a park bench it's anyway. So we can have it, we, it's so we can have it sound the same so we can have it go but through the same But these aren't the same, same microphones we used last time. I, the same I microphones know, we used last time it's are the right same here, going forward. No, it's so it's the same going forward. It's so this makes sense. It's so it's the same so, going forward. I was thinking a couple months ago, <laughs> Gus and I started this company together 19 years ago. But we don't do any content together. <laughs> Why is that? And now I remember. <laughs> God damn. Well, the, the problem with this podcast, I'll tell you, Jeff, is that... It hasn't started yet. How's there a problem with The name? The, the problem is yeah, that bad. you're getting me caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> and I become feisty. Like, if the premise is to drink coffee every time... I already had coffee this morning, and I was, I'm yeah, having same. more coffee now. And it's it's just like... It's going to shoot me through the roof. What my hands, you, are, my palms are sweaty. What did you have this morning? Did you have a black coffee already? Yeah. Is that from coffee? This is from nothing. This is from being alive. This is this mild. Is from being alive. That's from being contrarian. That's <laughs> what it is. That's what that is. That's, ugh, yuck. I hate, I hate being me. Do you still have acid, hand, acid sweat? Yeah. Have you ever seen what Gus does to a laptop? No. You have acid sweat? If it, like, so, um, it doesn't happen so much anymore with these new MacBook Pros, but back they in the day, like metals. in 2000. <laughs> Eight two thousand nine. I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft on my no. Mac laptop, and I would play so much that the sweat from my palms would eat through the metal on the palm rest of the Dude, laptop. Dude, he's not kidding. Like there would be pock marks all in the metal from what? the sweat in my hands eating through the metal uh, on the laptop. And like I got to the point where it would get so pocked with holes that I'd have to buy like a palm rest sticker cover to put over it because. There were so many holes in my laptop. He's not exaggerating. Gus is the weakest mutant in the Marvel Universe. Yep. He's he's minor acid hands. <laughs> you know in Shawshank how he, like, he's got the little rock hammer and he like hammers out the wall? I would just be holding the bars every night <laughs> for eight hours a night, <laughs> slowly dissolving my way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god M uh, Morgan, instead of asking Morgan Freeman for the hammer I'd be asking for coffee it's gonna be black coffee <laughs> oh my god okay so did we discuss the name of this podcast in the first episode we, we recorded it. it a year ago I can't remember we, we, we discussed it we didn't come to any we didn't conclusion. come to conclusion uh before you, so you decided, I wanted to call this podcast Good Morning Gus. Yeah. You said absolutely not. No. You said it's under no circumstances, name. which is which just really made me want to call it that even more. I, trust me, I know <laughs> how you, you work. But then you 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 pulled a card I can't, I can't, I can't, I have no way around. So he wants to go by Gustavo now, not Gus, yeah. which I have to respect. Yeah. I, 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 I will say, uh, as producer for the Rich Teeth podcast, I make sure when stuff goes out, it says Gustavo. Yeah. I, I've been trying, so it's been a slow transition where- yeah. If my name's written, I try to have it written as Gustavo. And if I meet new people, I introduce myself as Gustavo. I don't introduce myself as Gus anymore. This is a pain in the ass for you. Yes. <laughs> because you yes. knew me before I started uh, requesting people make that change. But there are people in my life who do not know me as Gus. There are people who I've met who only know me as Gustavo. Now, so for them, it's not weird. For you, it's weird because you knew me before I started. Because I've that. known you most of your life, it feels like. <laughs> so why... And I have no issue with it. I think it's kind of cool. Is it a heritage thing or? Yeah, it's like Gus isn't my name. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like, why should I go by a name? Like, I like Gustavo. I like my name. It's like I've always compromised on my name. And then just like one day I was like, why do I do that? I like my yeah. name. Like, I should just go by my actual name. Gustavo is a better name a cool than Gus. Name. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Can I still call you Gus? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, people, anyone who knew me before, it's fine, whatever. Okay, okay. because otherwise we were about to switch up our friendship. And because my name is Jeffrey, <laughs> <laughs> I no, was no. born a Jeffrey. Your grandfather, your name sucks, by the way, because <laughs> you spell it with a G. Dude, by the way, I just spent a week in England. Every single person, when they came up and I had to give my name, they asked if it was a G or a J. It was like Shangri La. There, it's happened like three times in my forty-six years in America. It happened. 30 times the week I was in England. I, those were my people. The G. Jeff people are in England. Bummer. They get it. I loved it. It was awesome. Why were people spelling your name so much? I don't know. Just like it comes up. You're like, you're How? having a conversation with somebody, uh, like buying a ticket for something, or... I guess they're filling it uh, out. Or you'd be like, uh, like we, we went to see Phantom of the Opera, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which I'd never seen before. Giant really? chandelier. Cool you're thing. Big, you're a big Phantom Head, I thought. I'm a big fan of what? You're big Phantom Head. <laughs> Is that what they're You're like called? Big in the big in the lore. You're big uh, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber dude, fan. Dude, I found out in the process of this when we were planning this trip, and my girlfriend told me she wanted to go see Phantom, and I'm like, why? 
I did not know that my girlfriend, who I've been dating for almost five, or about five years, mm-hmm. is one of the world's biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber fans. What? And has never told me this. Huh. And it's probably better that she didn't until now because I'm locked in. What, there's what, nothing I can do about what's it. What's your favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber musical? Uh, is it Phantom? She likes Phantom a lot. Mm-hmm. She likes Les Mis a lot. Explains a lot about your face. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, I get it now, too. And so uh, she can recite every the entire thing by heart. It's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, so we went in, we had this private experience, and I introduced myself to the to the guy who's you know moving us around. She's like, I'm Emily, and I go, I'm Jeff. And he goes, Jeff with the J or Jeff with the G? And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? And everybody was like that there. I, I met a lot of people in a week and a half or whatever, however long I was so there. So that's where they all are. They're all over there. What well, makes sense because I think G Jeff is a Welsh name. Mm. Oh, is so, it? Yeah. Oh. I think it's. I'm pretty sure. So uh, Jeffrey's my middle name. J Jeff or G Jeff? It's definitely J. Yeah. It's also my dad's first name that he doesn't go by, so I don't know why he gave. Is it his to middle me. name Eric? No, it's Ron. Yeah. Oh, I would go by Ron, <laughs> he too. He does. He does yeah. go by Ron. But why did he give me the name he doesn't use? What? Because <laughs> he's he not need, using it. He's not, he doesn't yeah. need it. He's like, I don't need this shit. Here. There you go. This is free. It's a hand-me-down. I hate this name. Here you go, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Could we call this Good Morning Raul? Yeah. Okay. I thought about going by that instead of Gustavo. Oh, is that your middle name? middle name. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that, and I didn't know who Raul was. I'd, I'd love... <laughs> Every one of my names. That's Gustavo awesome. Raul Sorolla, fucking great name. I love I every it. one of it's my names, name. too. I think a lot of people don't like their names, so it's good that you like your name, too. You like your name so much you changed it. Yeah, well, I like my name now, yeah. right? I, was like, I don't want to get into this, but I was born, I've changed, I've, through no fault of my own, had my name changed a lot in my life. But I am currently Jeff Laser Ramsey, and Jeffrey Laser Ramsey, with a G, and I think and that's a great a name. And with a Z. You gotta do it with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget... After you went and you changed your name, you're like, you, you told me, you know, you changed your name to Jeffrey Ramsey and that you were, since you were changing your name, they allowed you to change your middle name to whatever. For what, like it was no additional cost. You could yeah, it was like 170 bucks either way. And you were, uh, you were, you were so happy you changed it to laser. And I was like, I looked at it. You gave me the piece of paper. I was like, you know, that's not how you spell laser, right? So, <laughs> so here's the real, here's the real story. Oh, cool. I don't know that I've ever told the real Ooh. story about how I changed my name to laser. Uh, all of that is correct. I told people I picked laser and I picked it with a Z because I, I wanted to be an American gladiator. And I was like channeling that. I just spelled it wrong. I didn't know laser was spelled with an S. Yeah, I knew that part because yeah. I was there when you, I would t- I'm the one who told you. Yeah, but nobody else. You're the only person that knew the real truth. Yeah. The Z was just, I'm just a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, God. When I had to, I had to appear in front of a judge, Eric. So the process for changing your name is it seems like it's a real hassle because it's not just like, well, I've changed one document. It seems like you have to change everything afterwards. Uh, it was about five years of nightmare after I did it. Okay. Yeah. But like, see, I was adopted a couple times uh, and it, my mom remarried a bunch. And so the guy who I consider my father, his last name was Ramsey. Yeah. And my previous last name was Fink, which I had picked up in my mom's second marriage because I wanted to have the same last name as my mom and my stepdad. I was born right, which isn't a bad name. But uh, so anyway, I wanted to have the same last name as my as my the man who essentially raised me, Ramsey, uh, Larry Ramsey. And so I changed my last name to Ramsey. And when I went out of the courthouse to do it, it was like a birthday present for him. He was his health was ailing, and I thought it might lift his spirits, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me. Yeah. And uh, so I changed my. And I was also the only. I was the last boy in that family, so mm-hmm. the name was gonna die. Mm. And so, uh, and then I had a daughter, so it's still gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> uh, but uh, but at least I get to be the last Ramsey instead of instead of my dad. But uh, when I went to change my name at the Austin courthouse, they asked, they're like, "Just your last name?" And I go, "Well, how much is it?" cost to change other names and they go it's just one price and i went oh i hate my middle name mm-hmm. my middle name was paul who the fuck wants to be named paul so i changed it to laser on a whim but i had to appear in front of a judge and the judge goes all right i see you want to change your name to jeffrey paul fink to jeffrey laser and she, the judge goes uh are you are you hiding from a creditor or and i was like no yeah. <laughs> like, and uh and he goes and you think changing your middle name to laser will benefit you in some way and i just said Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they let me think, do it. Yeah, that's the big fear, right? Is that they yeah. think you're trying to hide from some creditor or get out of some debt that you owe. Yeah. Because if there's anything in America you cannot escape from, it's a uh, crushing financial burden and debt. <laughs> 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 we built this country uh, I, on that. I, I didn't know how to explain to the judge. I'm playing fast and loose with this because I've done that with everything in my entire <laughs> life. So why not? Uh, yeah, but it's a fucking it's a nightmare for a long time. I have a, I still have a name change document that I have to roll out sometimes, like when I'm dealing with something. Wow. Yeah, like when you go to buy a ticket for Phantom of the Opera, and they're like, "Is <laughs> yeah. that with a G or a J?" Like, hold on, <laughs> is that with an L or a P? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the name 
of the podcast you determined is going to be the ANMA podcast. Anma. Anma. And I don't know what it means. You said you had it in a dream. Yeah. But then you told me there is a real definition for it, well, which it, I want to get into because I have two. I've come. I've been thinking ooh. myself. So it, it re- I really did have a dream. Like you said in the first episode, which you, you listened to just last week, uh, dear audience, um, you know, we talked about the name. And I think that it infected my subconscious. And I think I was really stressed about trying to come up with a name for this podcast. And it, I think I was thinking about it so much that it uh, I started dreaming about it. And in my dream, the podcast was already out. Like we'd been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. And like I just saw it typed out. I just saw the name of our podcast. And like we weren't saying it, but it was like it was on a piece of paper or like on a computer screen. Like there was marketing material for it. And it was the ANMA podcast. And uh, that, that, that's all I told you. But in my dream, I did know what that stood for. Okay. And there was a reason it was called that. That part I didn't tell you until now because we already have a logo. Like we can't change it. Can I guess? <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I will put an asterisk on it. Okay. Dreams don't make sense. Okay. So like you're trying to come up with a rational thing that it means. Dreams are gibberish most of the time. That's true. Here's my two guesses. All right, A-N-M-A. It's an Austin podcast, essentially. It's a podcast about friendship and about us. Yes. Right? Austin never mattered anyway. Oh, that's good. Ooh, that's great. That's really good. Or, <laughs> this may be more appropriate considering the state of Austin in 2022, Austin, no more Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you're doing here. I, I, I want I, Now I don't want to say what it was in my dream because I want people who listen to this podcast to come up with what ANMA means for them. That's my, my small wife said, a name means anything. Oh, that's also good. A name means anything. Yeah. Okay. I just keep saying Anma, and then people say, "What does it mean?" And I go, "I listen." I don't, it's whatever. Sort of it. Yeah, a name I like means that. Anything. A name it means matter. anything. Yeah. I do, I like Austin, no more Austin. Austin never mattered anyway. So, are you going to keep it secret? Well, I was going to say it right now, but now I don't want to. You know what? I, I don't. A, the listeners, as to, much to as guess. I want to know, and I want to find out on ca- on Mike, I don't want to know because I want the audience yeah. to take a step. Let's yeah. wait. Well, we'll wait a little at bit. least a week. Yeah. yeah. This is interesting. So God we could. Damn it. Now I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, now I got to wait another week. I mean, I think that whatever it's going to be, I think the two names that Jeff came up with are going to be better than and, what. And the name your wife came up with. These, these are all way better. Now it's like, oh man, I better change my dream story to come up with a better name because it's just going to it's just going to let you down and be a disappointment. Oh. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief. Moments of growth and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself through all of the struggles that life can bring. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for the twists and turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I think everyone agrees that the last couple of years have been seemingly extra stressful and a lot of people are seeking help to deal with these kinds of things. And I feel like a lot of this has really been destigmatized and people are curious about it. And, you know, this is a, a good way to. Uh, if you're having these feelings and you you know you feel like you could use a friendly ear, this is a way to explore those options. So it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well-being because, well, you deserve some inner peace. So visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com reviews. And you can go ahead and visit betterhelp.com anma. That's better. H-E-L-P. Join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So special offer for our Anma listeners. Get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash Anma. Again, that's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash A-N-M-A. If I can prompt you guys a little bit, please. Um, Jeff just got back from England, and a thing that we talked about on the show is kind of revisiting old stories or talking about old stuff or whatever. It was a uh, it was for a community meetup, yeah. right? You went over to England for that. What are some of like probably the I don't know best isn't a great term, but like what are some memorable community meetups that you got? I mean, you guys have been doing this for twenty years, been a long time. Yeah, like what are some community meetups? The ones that like kind of stick out, like where maybe you met someone or maybe something happened, something that sticks out to you. I think that we've gone through. 
a lot. You know, obviously it's been, uh, you know, we've been doing this for 19 years, but I think we started traveling and doing meetups in 2004, if I remember right. So I think we've been doing this for about 18 years, like doing the meetup side of things for about 18 years. You, I, with, uh, Jacksonville? <laughs> That's not the one I was going to talk about. That's up there. That is the first thing we ever did. Yeah, it is. It, it was that the was very the first, first. I mean, it was a convention, not a meetup, but I feel like the lines are blurred there. Yeah. Right? We, uh, we didn't know. They, they both were worked for this. Uh, and there are a ton of stories from that trip yeah. we could probably tell. Yeah, absolutely. 2004. Yeah. What do, What were it you thinking of? It was May of 2004. I was thinking of one that was a couple of months later in August of 2004, which was when we went to Melbourne, Australia, which was our first international trip. And that was interesting because... That was, I think, our first, what I would say, like a fan meetup or like a community meetup mm-hmm. because we did this event in a theater. And then when the event in the theater was done, we were just like, hey, we're just going to go to a bar and drink. If anybody wants to come with us, you're more than welcome to. And we didn't even go to like a third, like a, a, another location. We went to the bar in our hotel. We yeah. basically told everyone in the theater what hotel we were staying at. And we we're like, just come to the bar and drink. And we just drank with like 30 people who showed up at our hotel. We didn't. And played pool. We <laughs> didn't know. We didn't. We hadn't figured a lot of shit out at that point. So the. F- Jeff broke the electricity in that hotel too. What? Like, uh, like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. the entire building lost power because of Jeff. Yeah, that's true. I plugged my cell phone into the wall. It, it was like it was like oh. it was like pre iPhone. It was like some little shitty Verizon phone, and and Jeff bought like that adapter to adapt the plugs, but it doesn't change the voltage. And I was like, don't plug that in; it's not going to work. <laughs> and he plugged it in anyway, and there was this really bright spark and a loud noise, <laughs> and all the power in the building went off. The statue of limitations probably run on on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you like screamed, and you like pulled your arm back from the wall, and then we we're like, "Well, that sucks." And then we just left the building. We we're like, "Let's go do something else." <laughs> it was fixed by the time we got back. It was. So, uh, speaking of the very first event we did which was kind of a community meetup. We didn't realize we had a community at that point. Yeah. And we were blown away, Eric. You probably maybe never heard some of these stories. Mm-hmm. We could, And for this, we could talk about, we could talk about all the green room and all the <laughs> all the, uh, the shit that went down in the green room. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about the elevator ride with the dude from, uh, from X-Files. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about our first panel and the, the hallway afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could talk about Harry Potter. Well, that entire—I want to rewind it a little bit even further. That entire trip started off bad, on a bad <gasps> foot. It did, yeah. We, uh, you know, this is our first time going to an event, and it was this convention in Jacksonville. We were invited, right? Mm-hmm. We were invited. They contacted us out of the blue. We'd never been to an event. We're like, all right, yeah. And they're like, we'll pay for your your plane ticket. We'll pay we'll pay for your hotel. And we're like, yeah, but this is a scam. You know, what, what is this? Like, why the fuck would somebody pay for us to go anywhere? <laughs> so you know, we're like, all right, whatever. We go down. You know, Jeff and I carpool. We were living together at the time. Yeah. So we drive down to the Austin airport, and uh, we get there. We go to check in, and they're like, yeah, you don't have a plane ticket. We're like, yeah, we knew it. Scam. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just fucked. wasting our time. They're just screwing with us. And then, like, you know, we, you know, <laughs> we email the, the event organizer. Like, yeah, we knew it, you motherfuckers. <laughs> There's no plane ticket here. <laughs> and they're super apologetic. And then they book us another plane ticket that, like, leaves in a couple of hours. So we have to, like, sit in the airport with all of our luggage. Because we can't check the bag because we don't have a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to sit with all of our bags and everything just like in the airport for like an extra four hours while I wait for the next flight to take us to Jacksonville. And then we went to Jacksonville and we check into our hotel. We don't know what to expect. We don't even really know that we have an audience at this point. You know, I mean, people right. are watching the content, but we don't know that we don't know that people are going to show up to see us in person. And by the way, Gus and I were terrified. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'd never met a at that point. We'd not really met Rooster Teeth fans. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had met Scott. Uh, yeah. back in the day. Now that I think about it, we did one previous, we did a screening in January of 04 before this. That was our only experience. Was that at Alamo? That was uh, at the Lincoln Center. Oh. We did a season two premiere. That's right. But that was, I think, very different. Because people, it was like a theater and people who came specifically to see our thing. This was, yeah. this is, this was a convention. This was like a wider audience. Yeah. This was not people who were coming to see a thing just for us. That's true. So we go to this event and we're kind of walking around in a daze. We have a panel. And I remember thinking, I remember being very stressed out about this panel mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to, I'd never done a panel before. I wasn't super keen on speaking in public, to be honest with you, or in weird, front of people. What a weird thought. Yeah, I know, right? It's like it's become so old hat to us now. But uh, like I had done a little bit of it, like in public affairs training in the military, I was required to. Mm-hmm. I so super wasn't comfortable with it. And so 
and Gus and I remember we we consoled ourselves, but we were like, nobody's gonna be here to see us anyway. So we'll just <laughs> sit behind a table for an hour. No one will be there. Right, we'll fulfill our obligation. And then we'll and be we'll fine. Leave. And then this is the last opportunity like this we'll ever have. We'll go back to Austin and then no one will ever call us again. And we'll be fine. <laughs> we will they usher us into a room, this tiny little room. And there's already, I think the room holds 100 people, maybe. If that, yeah. If it, was, that. It, was, it was pretty small. And it was standing room only, and there were people waiting outside. And Gus and I were freaked the fuck out. And we ended up fumbling through a panel, which the audience made it very easy. I have no idea what we talked about. I think it was all just like Q&A stuff. I think it was probably yeah. Q&A stuff. I remember enjoying it, and I remember thinking like, oh. It was like, oh, there's a lot of fun. This is not bad. But then the audience asked, are you guys selling merch on the floor, in the commission hall floor? And we were like, no, but... Gus had brought an extra suitcase with him and filled it with just random Rooster Teeth merch that we had at my house. Yeah, I normally, that's why we had bags to check at the airport. Normally, I never would have yeah, checked same. a bag for this. I was just like, <laughs> oh, you know, you can check a bag for free. I'll just fill a bag with shirts. And if someone wants to buy one, we'll have some shirts. And so we thought, or our giveaway, we even thought, like, oh, if yeah, anybody yeah. comes, we'll just give them a shirt, right? Like, thanks for showing up. And so Gus said, well, I have a suitcase full of some stuff. Jesus Christ. And so we did this panel, and then he goes, I, I guess I could just. I could just, if anybody wants to buy something out of my suitcase, I guess. And then so we go to sell it. And they're like, no, you got to clear the room out because the next panel's coming in. So in the hallway, we stood there against the wall and like 150 people just crowded around us and just bought whatever Gus pulled out of the suitcase. Yeah, it was we like- emptied the suitcase in five it, minutes. It was, if you think about like going to like a meeting room in a hotel, like there's always in a hallway. Yeah. We just like sat in the hallway, like literally sat on the floor in the hallway. I opened up a suitcase and I was like, who wants a Griff shirt? Size like, small. Like, Anybody want a small grip? <laughs> just like reaching into the suitcase and whatever I pulled out, it was like, that's yeah. what I would sell. And it was like, and that was a light bulb moment for us. That's the moment we decided to start going to conventions mm-hmm. and buying booths, which is eventually how we met you, Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which we can get into at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, and we went back to Bernie and we're like, Bernie and Matt, and we're like, you're not going to believe this. Like, seriously. And they, they didn't believe us. And we had to convince them. We're like, no, we sold 60 shirts in two minutes. Yeah. Do you remember... I want to say it was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. I think our panel, all that stuff happened on Saturday, if yes. I remember right. On Sunday, before we went to the hotel, you know, we were doing like one fast, one last final walk around, like the event and stuff. And someone was like, oh, have you not been in the exhibit hall yet? Look, there's a whole floor of people who sell stuff here. Oh, look, that's your booth right there. Were you not in your booth all weekend? Yeah. We're like, oh, we had a space yeah. that we could, what? We could be Nobody like Nobody told us and, and we had no idea. Yeah, we we're like, oh. This is like 100 feet away from where I was selling stuff out of uh, my yeah. suitcase. Like we had a spot. We could have done this. And that's where we're like, oh, that's how these events work. And from that event, like what we learned from that event, we immediately set forth. I remember doing uh, hours and hours of research, learning about every convention in America. And we built a plan. I think the next one we probably went to that year was either Comic-Con or Anime Reactor in Chicago. We went to Comic-Con in 05. Right. It was the next year. Yeah. We got very lucky. That was a whole thing. We can get into that at some point. But uh, I think Anime Reactor might have been the next. That was like, mm-hmm. I want to say like October that year. Somewhere around there. In yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I have some other funny stories about you uh, <laughs> from that one. But uh, I remember you drunk in an elevator. God, that, that, was a, that was a nightmare. Yeah, you were something. I remember... <laughs> Well, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got an indefinite number I had to pretend I didn't know you yeah. in that elevator. Because people were like... I, had, I, I want to pretend I didn't know me. <laughs> like, when, when we're telling this story, I can act like that was someone else who, who does not exist and is not oh, present in the but, room. Let's stick on, on, on DreamCon for a minute. Uh, so... Anyway, so this is at this point we don't know anybody. We don't really know anyone else from the convention. We don't we don't know a lot of people from the community. So we were just on our own in Florida. And so Gus and I, and this is 2004 in your head doesn't seem like that long ago. Mm-hmm. It is technologically light years ago. <laughs> we decided let's go to the movies, right? And so we we find the closest movie theater. They're playing, I think, Harry Potter. It was a Harry Potter movie. I don't know which two? one. Whichever one came out in the summer of 04. Yeah, it was like two maybe. And we were like, fuck it, let's go see that. And it was playing at, I want to say like 9.30 maybe. And so we take a cab, like we order, we call up from, I guess, Well, I think it's like they're they're waiting at the hotel. Okay, right at the hotel. Yeah, there you go. We just go down the hotel and and we just take a cab to a movie theater. It's I remember exactly because I thought we were going to walk it. It's seven miles away. It's far. It was pretty far, but it was the closest movie theater to to this place. We did, we did. Yeah, we map quested it. And uh, and we we go and we watch Harry Potter. We come out and it's like eleven, mm-hmm. and the theater's emptying out. 
and we realized we don't have a way to get back. And so we, I don't even know how we found the cab company. I think when we- it was Gator Cab Company, we, I remember that. <laughs> when we took the cab there, I took a card from the driver. Yeah, that's And it, it. had the phone number on it. I was like, oh, when we're done, we if there's no cabs at the theater, God, we were so stupid. Uh, yeah. we, can, we can call this phone number and get a cab to come get us. And so we get out, we call the cab, and they say, yeah, we'll send somebody. And then we stand there for probably a half an hour. Yeah. And the theater starts to empty out, and the parking lot starts to empty out, and then we don't hear anything. Nobody shows up, so we call again, and I'm talking to this lady, and I remember the lady was... She wasn't happy with her she job. Was <laughs> she was mean. She was an angry lady. Yeah. I'll remember that. And she was uh, she was not putting up with any bullshit. And no. I was like, well, well, nobody showed up. And she's like, sir, we are busy. I said we will be there. We will be there. And I'm like, okay. So we wait another half an hour. At this point, it's midnight. Yeah. At midnight... All the lights at the movie theater turn off. What? And we are in an empty parking lot with the lights off. It's just and it's dark. pitch black. Yeah. And we are the only people there. And Gus and I are starting to get a little nervous. It's not the best neighborhood in Jackson. It's not like super scary or anything. Yeah, it's, but... not, it's not Compton, but it's not like, <laughs> it's not great. And uh, and so I call her back and the lady yells at me for oh, calling no. her back. Oh, and I'm like, and I and, and Gus goes, this is the only cab company around here, dude. Don't piss this lady yeah. off. And so I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to. I'm just, I'm just. We're just. We're, and I'm, I'm just apologizing effusively <sighs> to this lady. And uh, anyway, eventually the cab came. What time did the cab show up? Uh, it must have been like one in the morning. Oh my god! It was one thirty. Yeah. yeah. So the cab shows up at one thirty, and eventually brings us back. So we stood in the parking lot in the dark from eleven to one thirty. It was probably longer than we watched the movie. It was longer than the movie. Yeah. Kind of terrified. We were half ready to walk the seven miles back, but you had to walk over an interstate. And since it was 2004, it's not like we had smartphones. We had right. a vague idea of the direction of the hotel. Yeah, I'd never been to Jacksonville before. Flip phone didn't have instructions. Right. <laughs> and I was like, it's in that direction, about seven miles. I don't know specifically how to get. There. I think the hotel was by the... By like the water, by like some kind of marina or something, if I remember yeah, something right. Like that. I was like, if we get to the water, we'll be able to find it. And, and it's in Jacksonville, there's water everywhere. And I remember yeah, St. John's River, right? And I remember uh I remember cars would come by and drive by real slowly and yeah. we, we would think it would be the cab driver and it would just be people looking at us and they drive oh. off. And that was super scary. And uh I actually took the card that Gus had and I'm just remembering this now. And I put it on a on a like a little magnet, and I made it a refrigerator magnet, so I'd always have it. I think I lost it at some point. Oh man, I didn't know divorce, about that. Yeah, I had it in my wow. house for years and years. Yeah, and I would laugh at it every time I saw it. It's it, it's funny back then. No matter how prepared you thought you were, you were still like a stupid human being with, yeah. with nothing to help you. And I wonder why Uber was able to displace taxi companies. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I wonder about. It. It's one of those things I'll never be able to figure out. God damn. Uh, God, do you think about that? Calling a cab. like, And we were, like, it's, it's funny because we were at a young enough age where we were dumb. How old were you? Do, do dumb stuff like that. In 2004. In 2004, I would have been 26. I guess I should have been smarter by I then. I was 29, I think. 28 yeah. or 29. Guys, Maybe we yeah, should have been smarter. We were very, we were very young and dumb. Though. We were, I was a young 28, 29. Mm -hmm. for you, sure. you had spent time in the military, which is, well, <laughs> Wait, I mean, it's like, it, you know, like stunted yeah. your growth. Well, no, it's well, like you're not out and about. Like you live a very regimented life. I wasn't in the real world. Yeah, you're being told what to do, yeah. like everything. You're living with like for bumpers. Me. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, I, it's not that it stunts you. It's just that it's not the same as being out in the actual world. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very different life. I ever tell you I thought about going in the military when I was younger? No. I started the process when I was in high school of applying to West Point. Wow. Yeah, and uh, uh, I got pretty far along in the process. If I rem God, it's been a long time. If I remember right, you need to have like letters of recommendation from mm -hmm. like your senator, state and, senator, yeah, uh, stuff like that. And I was, I was like, I was gathering all of that material to send off with my application to West Point. And I think I got to the point where I was like, Do I really want to spend four years in the military after I finish? college and even then like in college like having to do all the physical training and all of that stuff like am I going to dedicate eight years of my life to this and I was just like and but like in the back of my mind I was like well you come out you're a second lieutenant like you're you know you, you it's 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 not that bad I was like then finally one day I was like nah no nah, I can't I can't do that probably one of the best decisions of your life not to join <laughs> the military and I say that for two reasons one I was in the United States Army for five years active army uh, and two you know I was a journalist and a public affairs specialist in the military and so the last year and a half or so that I was in the army 
I was the one-man public affairs office for the United States Military Academy's preparatory school. So for <clears throat> this is in New Jersey, at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. So uh, if you didn't quite make it into West Point, but you had a lot of promise, you mm-hmm. were just close. Like maybe you needed a little bit more math, or maybe you were a little pudgy, or whatever it was. You could go spend one year at USMAP, which mm-hmm. is the preparatory academy for uh, for West Point. Or like if you were an athlete, they were really big into lacrosse at West okay. Point in the military, and there were a lot of there were a lot of like lacrosse athletes that didn't quite have the the I guess the scholastic acumen to get into West Point, but they really wanted them on the lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. So they would kind of that was kind of like their path to get into West okay. Point. And so I spent a year and a half in that world, my last year and a half in the army, part of why I got out. Uh, and it, you would have been unbelievably miserable. Oh. And they would have <laughs> yeah. and and those guys would have hated you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For a myriad of reasons. <laughs> but I like I also think about the timing, like in retrospect, right? Like I graduated high school in ninety six. Yeah. So if I did four years at West Point, I would have been done in 2000, mm-hmm. and I would have been in the military as a second lieutenant from uh, September 11th, 2001. Yeah. Like, I, I would— Great. Yeah, I most likely <laughs> would have, like, spent the next couple of years in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, you definitely would have. Uh, no no joke, you would have. And uh, speaking of 9-11, uh, since we're just rehashing old stories— <laughs> Let's do it. You know, I was in the United States Army from 1993 to 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I, I, I signed up for five years. You had to be—to get a, a decent job, you had to sign up for five years. If you wanted to be—not that infantry isn't a decent job, but if you wanted to go in for combat arms, you only had to go in for two years to get your full college education, your full—I uh, full, uh, your full uh, I forget what they call it, Army College Fund— benefits. Uh, for me to get the full Army College Fund benefits, because I grew up a poor kid in Alabama with bad grades. I, I was not going to college. This was my route to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but I didn't want to I didn't want to be combat arms. Uh, I knew that wasn't for me. So I, I, I chose journalism and, and, and photojournalism. They required you to go five years to get the same benefits. So I had to go in for five years. So I, I got out in 98, moved to Austin, whole other deal. Uh, then I found out shortly after they may tell you differently. Maybe it's different now. They don't tell you when you join the Army, or at least in the 90s, they didn't tell you you joined the Army, that no matter how much you're signing up for, whether it's two years combat arms, five years as a journalist, four years as a cook, whatever it is, you're actually signing up to the military for eight years. You're committed for eight years. It's fucking, it's a bait and switch. They don't tell you that, wow. right? So when you get out of the Army after your five years, after my five years, I found out that I was still in the military technically for three more years in what's called the inactive reserves. I had no idea, which means if there's a war, they can call you back. So while I was working at our day job, Telenetwork, we worked at a call center. Call center. (laughs) We were beginning, doing the beginnings of of Rooster Teeth at that point. I think we were doing Drunk Gamers maybe or Ugly Internet, internet those things. I was still in the fucking military and I didn't realize it. 9-11 happened. Gus and I were at work together. We watched it. We were working that day. We watched it on the TV at work. I realized that day, I'm still in the fucking army. I'm going to go to Iraq. They're going to call me back. Oh we're going to war. God. I was terrified. I went home that day, and in my mailbox was a letter from the United States military, a big envelope from the United States military. And I thought, how the fuck did they get to me this quickly? Like, it just <laughs> happened today. Oh, my God. I was, I've never been so scared to open an envelope in my entire life. And when I opened that envelope, there was this thing called a DD-214, which is your official discharge from the military. Holy I shit. I was officially discharged from the military on 9-11. What? Yeah, insane. This is such a weird coincidence. It's insane. Yeah. And ultimately, I wouldn't have been called up anyway. Obviously, things didn't shake out that way. Right. But I— uh, It was your fear in the moment. It was You're my like, fear, you yeah. You don't know what's so going I, on. So yeah. I actually got out of the Army on 9-11, and that was like— that was the the scaredest and most relieved I've maybe ever been in my life in in, in the span of two minutes. Mm-hmm. That was insane. It's 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 wow. weird to look back and think about like all those strange coincidences or seemingly inane small decisions you make in your life that end up having like a ripple effect or a bigger effect down the road that you don't see you don't see you don't even think about. Yeah, I think that's like one of the things we're focusing on and talking about in this podcast is like the seemingly small decision to move to Austin for seem you know for whatever reason. And then seeing the transformation of Austin and the transformation yeah. of our careers and our jobs um, just from just from weird bullshit. Like you and I, you talked about the call center. You and I worked at that call center. I It was never my intent to work at that call center. I, when I first moved to Austin, I moved to Austin back in January of 98. I was crashing at a friend's place down off of Riverside. And he was a student at UT. And uh, he was looking, I was looking for a job. He was looking for a job. And I was applying everywhere. 
and I, I could not get hired. This is Joe. Yes, Joe. Okay. I couldn't get hired anywhere. What? Like I would, I, I went to <laughs> Highland Mall and every single store that had a, like a- now, Which, which uh, was a mall still at right, that point. It was still a mall. <laughs> yeah. Every single place that had like a hiring sign, like I applied. Like I didn't yeah. care, retail, whatever. I was trying to get any job I could because I had no money. No one was hiring me. And uh, Joe didn't have a car. And uh, he was looking at the Daily Texan, which is the UT newspaper. And there was a, like a help wanted ad for a call center. And he was like, hey, can you drive me down to this call center? It's just like a little further south from where we live. I'm like, yeah, sure. I drove Joe down. He, you know, applied, did his interview at the call center, whatever. Took him back home. And then the next day he went off to class at UT. And I woke up and I was like, why didn't I apply for that job? I'm looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied for that job. And then like later that day, Joe came back from, uh, from UT, you know, taking the shuttle. And he walked down. I was like, hey, you'll never, uh, guess what? I applied for that job you did down at the call center. And right as I'm telling that, my phone rings. And it's the call center. And they're like, you're hired. I'm like, oh, cool. They just hired me. (laughs) (laughs) How did Joe handle that? I like, that was such a, like, I don't know. I felt weird. He did, he was like totally fine with it, whatever. I was like, man, I stole that job from Joe. Yeah. (laughs) I got that job solely because. When I was living in New Jersey before I'd moved to Austin, I had been PAing at Viewskew mm-hmm. Productions. Uh, I PAed on a short film they made, and I was trying to work my way in to being in film. Mm-hmm. And then, through a series of circumstances that we can talk about or not at some point, we got a million of these episodes. I ended up in Austin. I moved to Austin. I had been on tour with a band, and we played in Austin, and it was December 13th, 1998, and it was 75 degrees, and we went swimming. And I thought, why the fuck am I living in New Jersey? <laughs> I mean, there was it was more complicated. There was marital problems and stuff that were involved with it as well. But so I moved to Austin almost immediately. And uh, the only reason I got hired at Telenetwork is because the guy who interviewed me knew that Bernie had made a film in college. And he goes, oh, you work in film? Well, you're going to love Bernie. And then we started talking about Star Wars. Holy with shit. Me and this guy, Brian. And then he hired me, even though I wasn't qualified. I didn't know anything about computers. Uh, because I had worked, I had quote unquote worked, I'd PA'd in film. And, uh, and, but I had a similar story where when I got here, I, uh, I opened up the one ads because going back as as far back as we were going, uh, you opened, you bought a newspaper and you looked in the one ads and you circled all the jobs. This is the dark ages. And the first job I got was the Sierra club. And they had management positions available. And I was 23 and I was married and I thought like I had five years in the army under my belt. And I thought like I'm going to be – I should should go for a management position out the gate, right? So I went there and I go, I'm here for the management position. And they go, okay, cool. We'll just put you through the training. And the training was going door – they teach you how to say a script and go door to door (laughs) and ask for free shit or ask for money from people. Mm And I go, this doesn't seem like management. And they go, yeah, but you got to do this for like two weeks and then you get promoted to management. And I was like, oh, I can, I'm sniffing your bullshit. Okay, got it. And then they give me a script to learn and they go, all right, you've got six hours to learn this script. And I learned the script because it was three paragraphs in four minutes. And I went back and I go, okay, I got it. And they go, wow, you really are going to be a good manager. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's not hard. It's fucking three paragraphs. And then I had to show them that I learned it. And I'm looking around at all the people around me, and they are struggling, and they're oh, practicing no. back and forth. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, am I even in the right place? And then at the end of us all learning, they go, all right, we're going to go out, and we're going to put you guys to work. And they drove us all down to uh, – I don't know what the neighborhood is, but it's like between UT and Hyde Park, that area. North Thir- Campus. North Campus. Okay. They put us in North Campus, and there's all these old, beautiful houses, and it's a pretty rich neighborhood. It's all students. No, no, no. This is like, it's like west of uh, Red River and east of Speedway. Like, yeah, it's North Campus. Yeah, but there's like mansions and shit there. There was like rich ass houses and stuff. Oh, I guess yeah, like uh, by Trudy's, uh, where the Trudy's used to be. Yeah, yeah, like okay, yeah, the, yeah. there and north. There are there right? are some It's nice all north, yeah, all yeah. north of where Trudy's was. Yeah. So we're walking around that neighborhood, and I'd seen a pizza place called Double Dave's. Oh yeah. And yeah. I thought, oh, I might get pizza there later because it said they had a buffet, and six dollars was like my price range mm-hmm. back then. I was broke, and I had a wife, and I was living. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> And uh, so we go and we go door to door and the guy's like, all right, I'm going to take you up and I'll give the spiel and you'll watch me do it. And we'll go up in groups of three. And then after everybody sees me do it, then we'll all go and take our turns. And so I'm walking through and I'm like, this is such bullshit. This is, I've been bait and switched. This is nonsense. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, but I need money. You know, I got to make a living. I was hoping that I would get hired on at a newspaper somewhere because I had been a journalist and I had put out some, I actually got offered a job in Temple for the Temple Daily Telegram, but it was like, 
an hour and a half away pretty much. And I just, I didn't want to do the commute. And so I thought maybe I could find something in Austin. And, uh, I was pretty dead set on living in Austin because I had been stationed in Colleen for three years and I would come down to Austin. You're like Austin adjacent. Yeah, I was Austin adjacent from like 94 to 97. Uh, and I had moved to Austin because of Slacker. Or I had asked the army to put me in Austin because of Slacker and they, they got me as close as they could, which I appreciated. Turns out nobody wants to live in Texas in the army and so it was easy <laughs> to put me at Fort Hood because it's a shithole. Really? I feel like it's a big base. Like it is a huge base. Yeah, there's tons the, of people there. Tons of people. 50,000 soldiers, maybe? Yeah. 50, yeah, nobody wants people to. people who don't want to be there. Who don't want to be there. Also. Who don't get to pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on top of that, I feel like Texas has huge military presence. Tons of Air Force bases in San Antonio. Anyway, yeah, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tons of presence. Nobody just because they you, don't want to. Okay, gotcha. They don't want just because you're there doesn't mean you want to. Like if you have ever been to Clean, you, you go. Oh, I see. Nobody wants to live here. Gotcha. This hell on okay, earth. Okay. Clean is <laughs> it's, Clean is one big uh, like loan office, uh, like paycheck cashing loan place next to a uh, pawn shop. And it's just like that replicated through an entire town. Beautiful. Uh, just places designed to put soldiers in high interest. <laughs> really, is just to take advantage of young kids. What a great town. Uh, so we're, we're going up door to door and I'm like, this is like, not to sound like a dickhead, but I was like, I could do better than this. Right. And so I'm going through and the guy goes to me and he goes, all right, it's your turn. You're going to do this. And I go, and it's me and the, the, the two employees of the Sierra club. And then like, there's like eight of us that are in this training program. And I go, I don't think I'm going to do it. And he goes, listen, it's okay. I know you're scared. Uh, but it's going to be fine. I'll be right there with you. And I go, I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really not scared. There's nothing scary about this. I just don't want to do it. And he's like, come on, it'll be fine. Everybody gets the jitters. And I'm like, you're not hearing me. Wow. Man. I have no jitters. Wow. I, I, I'm incredibly confident that I could go up and talk to this lady at her front door and give this spiel. I just think I'm meant for more than this, you know? And he's like, you'll do it. It'll be fine. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take off. I, I, I wish you guys the best. I think uh, I think I'm, I think this isn't for me, but best of luck. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take off. And he's like he's like, well, oh, this guy's obviously too scared. And I'm like, not scared. <laughs> uh, and I go anyway. Y'all have a great day. And I start to walk away. And some guy goes, hey man, you mind if I walk with you? And it was one of the other dudes. And I go, yeah, that's fine. All eight people left with me. I took the, I didn't mean to, oh, I, everybody else watched me walk, walk away and they go, yeah, we're not doing this either. And the eight of us went and we walked to Double Dave's and I bought everybody a pitcher of beer wow. and we all had pizza and then I left and no, I never saw those people again for the rest of my life. But we just left those two Sierra Club people with clipboards on the street in that neighborhood <laughs> watching us walk away into the sunset. That's wild. Like all it takes is like one person and then yeah. everyone else realizes like, yeah. oh, that's an option. Uh, yeah, I guess. Right. Like we don't have to do this. This right. isn't. Yeah. You're not being forced to. And then I, after I had that lunch, I went and I uh, I went back to the one ads and I. <laughs> I got a job as a Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman, mm -hmm. and I went through two weeks of that training. And the day I showed up to work to, to be issued my first vacuum cleaner and become a door-to-door -door vacuum cleaner salesman, Kirby vacuum cleaners were like two grand, 1500 bucks back in the day in the early 90s. I can't imagine getting somebody to pay that much money for a fucking vacuum cleaner. And with inflation, I can't, that's got to be so much it's, more money. That's the price ridiculous. of a BMW now, yeah. right? Yeah. And I went to work, and the same thing happened. I went to work, and they had told me, "Listen, we are a, we are a family, and we uh, we pray together, and there, we 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 are into this." And there was like a religious undertone to it. And I went to work, and we were required to sing, like I don't remember what it was, but there was like a company song, and then like pray. Whoa! And I went in, and they were starting that, and I go, "I'm not doing that." Yeah. And they're like, "You have to." And I go, "Okay, I quit." And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pray with you guys and I'm not going to sing the company song. Like, I'm that's You're not, not joining for me. a cult. You want I'm not a joining a cult. Yeah. And so I left and I went home and I went back to the paper, incredibly defeated. Yeah. And the next thing I circled was the the job where I went and I interviewed, wow. told them that I had worked in film and then I got the job and met Gus and, and that's how it all happened. Well, so I feel like, you know, you, you gave, you painted a, a very vivid picture there. Mm -hmm. There was one place that hired me before. I got oh, the 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 call center job. Okay, the the only place I could get a job was doing telemarketing, cold calling people, trying to sell them security systems. Oh. Was uh, it in a hotel? It was right behind the hotel over here. What is it? it used to be the Red Line. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, Plaza, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was like right behind there, like kind of where the social security office is now. I showed up. I did one day of training. And they were all like, "This is how you do it. You call people, give them a spiel about security systems." And then it was actually, I left that, I, I left training at that place. I went, interviewed at the call center and it was that day that the call center called me and gave me the job. 
So it's like, so I showed up for one day. I did training on cold calling people, selling security systems, and that was it. It's like I'm, I never, I never went back to that. Did place. you sell any? No, it was, it was just like, here's a script. This is how you do it. This is how the phone systems work. Like there was, I didn't actually make any calls. It was just like, and I observed someone else make calls. So I remember seeing that there was that one. And there was also, I don't know if you remember this, water filters. That was another oh, one where yeah, you'd go yeah. and you'd call, and they were always in the paper. My ex-wife, uh, she actually got one of those water filter jobs, which was, I think, in tandem, kind of similar to what you're mm-hmm. doing. But she showed up, and it was a motel. And it was a mo- they had rented a motel room, and somehow it had like three phones in it. And there were just like people in the room just like sharing the phones, making calls. And she was oh. like, all right, the fuck out of here. Weird. This is like, this is, how, uh, this is how porn starts, you know? This is weird. Man, it was a, it was a different fucking time. Really different. Yeah. What is that? Is that the wrap up or is that the keep going? You, this is an audio <laughs> podcast. I'm doing this so it's quiet. No, it's we, we're we're getting right to an hour. That felt like a great way to like, cap it's it. What's the difference between like this or this? Like, like wrap up or keep going? Like when you do like this, you're, it, it's an audio podcast. You know what this is? This is this is Blues Brothers. Orange Whip. Orange Whip. You're twirling your finger in the air. I'm not sure which way to it's go. It's an audio podcast. No one can see what you're doing with your fingers. You can see. They what can I'm imagine. That's why Gus described it, so the audience can be alone for the ride. Not, you're no, whipping your no, finger around. No, he just kept saying you're doing this or this. <laughs> well, like, which direction see. do you flip your finger? Do orange you point whip. up or do you point side? Like someone's crazy. Are you are you ordering a round of drinks or are you look? <laughs> okay, I'm saying I'm saying we should wrap it up. That was. Man, those those stories were really good. Like that's shit that I've never heard before. We haven't that's even wild. started. Like if we're doing this, this like looking back, we haven't even met yet. <laughs> yeah, right. right. We're, we're setting the stage. I was gonna start talking about why I even moved to Austin in the first place. We didn't even get there. Shit, wow. dude. We'll have to do that next episode. Yeah. yeah. And then it. like I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about the call center. Like you mentioned, Bernie, who's like one of the other people we started Rooster Teeth with. Like yeah. that's where we met him. Like we, we're we're still like. In the late 90s, before we even know each other, like talking about like all this old stuff. Well, we it's good that we're slow rolling it because we have to do a million of these podcasts. And so we don't, we don't want to burn through the last 19 years too quickly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll talk about what the name of the podcast is next week. I don't know. No promises. What do you think? Anima A-N-M-A stands for. A stands for. Well, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Oh, we, have, we have social media. Anima Podcast. A-N-M-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Anima Podcast. Follow us there. Keep up to date with everything that's happening here. Let us know what you think the name means. <laughs> do, we have, do we have TikTok? We should get a TikTok. Who's who? Who is running the TikTok? Gus Who's running the Twitter? It. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Gus, is, Gus is a social media god. He's going to handle it all. <laughs> I figure if we get enough of these and no one's running them, somebody has to do it eventually, Well, we right? better get it before someone else does. <laughs> we'll park it. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. No, no. As Eric said, you won't see us. I guess we'll hear you'll well we won't hear them. I guess you guys will hear us next week. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye.